Hey, Zero Block 30 listeners, you can find us every Tuesday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Pride members can also listen ad-free on Amazon Music. All right, where's Chaps? Nobody knows. No, I know exactly where he is, okay? I just spoke to him, and the last I spoke to him, he is, in fact, on his way to New York City to surprise us. So it's not going to be a surprise anymore because I'm telling everyone. But the last time I spoke to him, he was passing through the seven levels of the candy cane forest. Mm -hmm. Then it's onto the sea of swirly, twirly gumdrops. And then he's got to walk through the Lincoln Tunnel. But after all that, Chaps will be here. He will be here. He's our own personal elf. He's on. But the real story is the man's house is like 40 degrees right now. Pretty yeah. much the entire South, a huge winter storm pummeled the country South and midsection, uh, leaving millions and millions without power in Texas. And Chaps is definitely one of them. I believe he put his family up in a hotel. Mm -hmm. His house is like 40 something degrees right now. There's photos coming out of Austin and Houston and all these different cities where people's people have put water in their bathtubs and the tubs have frozen oh yeah 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 it's bad and you know we people up north want to always give them a hard time like oh it's only five inches what well they're not equipped to deal with that stuff they're right. turbines have frozen it. over and they, they can't get it get heat any other way and uh, everyone's saying like oh improvise adapt and overcome I, I mean chaps is in his home he's not allowed to leave there's travel restrictions he can't leave and he doesn't have power i don't know how you're supposed to have internet without power so yeah. everyone's saying he should be here and figure out a way. Uh, just be quiet, please. Yeah, yeah. 4.2 million without power in Texas right now. Um, from Arkansas to Indiana, record low temperatures. Oklahoma City to Minnesota, minus 38. Minus hmm. 38. Um, and I, this is like fucking serious. Not to start the show on a low note, but like 25 people have died so far from the weather. Really? Most of them in Texas. So it's like, it's no fucking joke. It's serious shit. Yeah. Um, and again, they're not used to it. So I'd be are... curious, like people at, you know, Fort Hood uh, or Fort Bliss, even maybe if they're just sheltering in place or if they have to go on post or, or what the deal is. So if you're, if you're stationed somewhere in Texas, reach out. And I'm just curious what's going on for you right now. A lot of houses in Texas, and this could be completely wildly off. I'm just basing this off of my experiences. I feel like a lot of them don't have wood burning fireplaces or fireplaces in general, because that's just not a thing. So you can't even like heat your home a little bit in one room and, and try to kind of cozy up in the living room together as a family. So you're really uh, up the creek here. Yeah, there's a lot of people. It's rough out there. I mean, given Chaps does have a chimney, but outside mm. on his patio, I don't think that's going to help him too much right yeah, now. True. Um, but he was even asking Kyle, who's joining us fully on the show today, since Chaps is out. Um, but he was even asking Kyle, like, are my pipes going to be okay? I bet a lot of people are worried about their pipes freezing over, all kinds of crazy shit. Um, but this is going yeah. to be a doozy. Luckily, he over. has a newer house, and they use a flexible pipe known as PEX that doesn't really burst. It just expands. And then when it, when it thaws out, it goes back to normal size. So hopefully he'll, he'll be okay. Uh, he, his pipes did freeze a little bit, but I, I think now he's fine. And uh, I mean, I guess yeah, I would you know, I would hate for something bad to happen to him right as he's selling his house that he would have to pay for. So yeah. knock, knock on wood, uh, that doesn't happen for yeah, him. But I think he's going to be terrible. Okay. It's yeah. good to know he's got weak ankles, but he's got sturdy pecs. So that's good to hear. <laughs> Definitely happy about that. We All also right. got some we also have some strong rounds today. This will be interesting because Chaps does the Monday show and I write the Thursday, the Friday show. Um, the show that comes out Tuesday is Chaps and we we're just going off the sheet what he's got here and, so i'm not we got this sheet 
Sunday night when Chaps was probably balls deep three. in some three chi. Yep. Yes. So just bear with us here because it does get a little weird there towards the it, end. It certainly does. So that's our uh, that's our round number one drama in your family because of politics. I think a lot of us could say that has been the case this uh, this election season. But this story might make you feel a little bit better. Former ZBT guest and Congressman Adam Kinzinger is going through the ringer right now in the wake of the impeachment trial. And my goodness, does he have an annoying ass cousin? <laughs> no, no offense to his family, but we've got a story in the news uh, about family and his family making things real public. Round number two, the perfect crime does exist. And there's an article about it in the Detroit Free Press. Huzzah. Round number three, ever crashed a plane? Oh, you have? Ever crashed a plane four fucking times and then fallen in love? Interesting. We know someone who has, sick hmm. brag. Hmm. I'll be honest, I haven't read down the sheet far enough to know what that's about. Uh, <laughs> round number four, if you Wait, wish hold, to- hold on, time out, time out, time out. <laughs> I want to ask you something and I want you to be honest. Sure. How often when we do episodes, do you not read the stories beforehand? I almost always do. And this time I haven't been sleeping at all. And I'm just like, I'm just rolling into shit blind. Normally okay. I do. And I'll add to it and stuff. Normally I take out extra wordiness that, mm-hmm. that I'm afraid will, will trip any of us up, but, uh, okay. but not this time. So we're yep. flying blind people. We could crash for the fifth time. Round number four. If you wish to make an apple pie from scratch, you must first invent the universe. No idea what the fuck this round's going to be about. <laughs> <laughs> and round number five, every job has its pros and cons. But we asked you about the worst part of your MOS. And as per usual, your answers did not disappoint. So we're going to hop into the show. We have hung out with representatives from both sides of the fence and interviewed them on the Hill. And then afterwards, sometimes going out for a beer or two and like really catching up on a personal level. And one of those people is Illinois representative Adam Kinzinger. He's a military veteran. He's been on the show a bunch of times and he's really, uh, really wonderful. I think he's a delight. He's a goddamn mm. delight. Um, but he is in the news right now. And he's handsome. He's very handsome. You got to give it to him. He's Let's got the, it. um, but look, cons, do you want to get into this story a little bit? We got some family well, drama. Yeah. Family drama. And I, I think just about everybody, uh, can relate to this one. So, uh, as the Republican party censures condemns and seeks to purge leaders who aren't in lockstep with Donald J. Trump, Adam Kingsinger, the six term Illinois Congressman stands as public enemy. Number one unwelcome, not just in his party, but also in his own family, some of whom recently disowned him. Two days after Mr. Kingsinger called for removing Mr. Trump from office following the January 6th riot at the Capitol, 11 members of his family sent him a handwritten two-page letter saying he was in cahoots with, quote, the devil's army and for making a public break with the president. Hmm. Oh my, what a disappointment you are to us and to God, they wrote. You have embarrassed the kings in your family name. These are strong words. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of blasphemy too. Like, yeah, a little bit. You're just yeah. kind of speaking yeah. for old God up there. A little bit, yeah. Your disappointment to God. Jeez. All right. Anyway, the author of the letter was Karen Otto, Mr. Kingsinger's cousin, whom we've never met. So I'm just reading what's in the story here. She paid $7 to send it by certified mail to Mr. Kingsinger's father to make sure the congressman would see it, which he did. She also sent copies to Republicans across Illinois, including other members of the state's congressional delegation. I wanted Adam to be shunned, she said. Mr. Kingsinger was one of just three House Republicans who voted both to impeach Mr. Trump and strip Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia from her committee posts. 
During the House impeachment debate, he asked Democrats if he could speak for seven minutes instead of his allotted one so that he could make a more authoritative and bipartisan argument against the president, and that request was subsequently denied. So he took his case to national media, becoming a ubiquitous figure on cable television, late night HBO programming, and podcasts all over the world. He began a new political action committee with a six-minute video declaring the need to reformat the Republican Party into something resembling an idealized version of George W. Bush's party with an emphasis on lower taxes, hawkish defense, and social conservatism without the grievances and conspiracy theories that Mr. Trump and his allies have made central to the party's identity. To do so, Mr. King Jr. said in an interview, requires exposing the fear-based tactics he hopes to eradicate from the party and present an optimistic alternative. We just fear, he said, fear the Democrats, fear the future, fear everything. And it works for an election cycle or two. The problem is it does real damage to this democracy. Mr. King Jr. said he was not deterred by the Senate's failure on Saturday to convict Mr. Trump in the impeachment trial. We have a lot of work to do to restore the Republican Party, he said, and to turn the tide on the personality politics. So that's a lot. Let's start at the top with getting disowned from your family. And so one of the reasons, so like, for example, um, you have somebody like uh, Erica Harold, who um, she is an attorney, speaker, former Miss America. Uh, she, she tweeted out, as a Republican, I'm ashamed so many in my party actively perpetuated the falsehood of a stolen election, blah, blah, blah. And he retweeted saying, amen. And he is, he's, he's calling out his own party and disappointments in his own party, which I feel like is a sign that you love your party. If you're willing to look at it, take a good hard look and say, there's things that are wrong here. I'm not leaving it. I want to fix it. I think that's a sign that you love it. And people are turning on him, but at the same time, I think this is going to be hugely beneficial to him because I think there are a lot of really rational, sane people in the Republican party who are also tired of the clown show and the circus. Um, and you know, any party can say that of their side with different things, but yeah, absolutely. I just feel like they're crazy um, on both sides. But it is crazy for family members to reach out and say you're a disappointment to us and God. Like write like, a letter. It's 2021. Send a text, Karen. <laughs> and it's also really sad to me. Like I, I saw it a little bit with, and I know that my family would be fine, but like I have a huge family. We all have a different range of, it's kind of split down the middle, left and right and whatever, but we all still get together. We all still love each other. But even our family, like on Facebook, started getting into these public quarrels. And I'm like, everybody stop. What the fuck? Like, what are we doing? And I even did, I like posted on Facebook for the first time in like four years. And it was like, everyone stop. What would grandma think? Like, yeah. it, was like, it was like, post like grandma's watching you because I hate <laughs> this dude. Like when you let this kind of stuff get in the way of fa like family and blood, you're the one who's. Yeah, I don't know, dude. That's tough. I mean, this is this is nothing new. It's always said, you know, at, at family gatherings, you don't talk religion, you don't talk politics. And this is nothing new. It's just become part of the forefront of our society in recent years because of the, the rise of social media and how outspoken both sides have been about the other. Uh, it's really very sad to see that your own family feels so strongly about one individual that they're willing to disown your family. I think back, like, you know, regardless of who you vote for and, and who you support, who's it in your eyes, a good president, who's a bad president, 
that should never come between your family because the president isn't walking through your door for Christmas dinner, right? At the end of the day, you, you can support a party, you can support a person and, and believe in their ideals and, and, and want to support their positions. But your family, they, you know, the term blood thicker than water is a saying for a reason. And I think that's what we got to have a case of here that these people are just so caught up in the craziness that they're not thinking rationally. Because I don't, I don't see a reason to disown your family just because they have different political views. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a strange thing. I had somebody I know send me an email right before the election telling me because they knew everybody, it's no secret which way I lean and like probably who I vote, whatever. But they sent me an email like, really think hard about changing it because God is watching you. And I was like, what did like, like, all I care about is if you make that good dip I love at the next family party, man, yeah. I don't care about that shit. Like, I don't want to talk to you about that stuff. And like, my dad and I are on very different and we've had heated stuff that sometimes it's, it like sucks. It hurts. It like really does bother me, but we both have the presence of mind to be like, we love each other. Let's just not, let's just, because let's just not, we don't have to do this. We don't right. have to talk about yeah. it. You, you don't have to, you don't have to talk about it. And also four years from now, there's going to, you know, or eight years from now, there's going to be a different guy in, 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 who lives at that house and your life's still going to go on and you're still going to be your father's daughter. So that, right. that, that's also my point. Like all these people in Washington, they, they, there's a lot of turnover there, but you're not getting a new dad every four to eight years. You're not getting a new aunt every four to eight years. So why just hurt those relationships beyond repair all for the sake of a political party? It just, ugh, it's a little asinine to me. And yeah. him, him speaking out against his own party, I think is interesting because I think so often in politics, you see one of two things, right? You either say uh, you don't say anything or you just blindly support. And it's, it's usually that that's the way it goes. And if you don't, if you don't blindly support it, or if you disagree with someone, you just don't say anything. So as not to disrupt the flow of the party. Whereas he's just blatantly saying, calling out people by name, by government name and saying, listen, I disagree with you. And I think what you're doing is hurting our party. And I respect him to have that courage because I don't think that's an easy thing to do in Washington. Yeah. I think a lot of people are speaking out saying like, it's refreshing to hear him saying these things too. So I think this is actually sucks. And, you know, he even did a tweet saying that um, he said, I'm okay. I'm more sad that someone will be be willing to choose a man over family um, regarding Trump and sad that it's happening to so many. So he's like understanding it's not just happening to him. It's happening to people all over. Um, But, and I, sad that it's happening to him but great publicity for the guy i mean people are loving this story right yeah. now because so every almost everyone can relate mm-hmm. almost everyone can relate so yeah that's that um adam come on the show sir please yeah. come, come on back, back on and let's, um, let's chat more spill on? the tea on your cousin yeah. i bet she makes a horrible dip yeah. yeah i bet her seven layer dip is soggy at the bottom probably probably okay? <laughs> just saying yeah so there you have it all right what's yeah. next Got a story coming to us in round number two from the Detroit Burbs. We got employees at two different Warren Auto shops shocked when they realized a random man pooped in cars that belonged to customers. Warren police told Fox 2 Detroit they're on the lookout for a man who pooped in the unlocked cars at Mr. Friendly Auto Service and Twins Tire Service. You can't poop in a car at Mr. Friendly Auto Service. The man first struck at Mr. Friendly in November, which is located on Van Dyke Avenue. For all our listeners who know exactly where that is, Kate, why did you read that part? The manager, Chris (laughs) Phillips, 
told the news they realized someone was using their customers' cars as bathrooms after he checked security cameras. Footage showed the man grabbing sanitary napkins, opening, opening a customer's van, and then pooping inside it. The man came back again in January, but kept his pants on that time. The second incident happened at Twins Tire Service. Again, a van. This guy is a huge van pooper. The employee said, although it was unsettling, the poop froze due to cold temperatures. So he was able to shovel it out of the car, which was a slightly easier cleanup. Thank God it wasn't summer. Yeah. I'll say that much. <laughs> um, and free of charge, then the auto shop deep cleaned the car for the customers free of mm. charge. Twins Tire Service also caught the man's license plate on its security footage. So he's got his own car he could be pooping in. Mm. He's just choosing other people's cars to poop in. Mm. So this isn't like a, it's cold out. I have nowhere to go. I need to poop. This isn't like a, cause at first I was like, well, that's kind of sad. Maybe a homeless guy needs like a, this is a man who like loves fucking shitting in right. people's vans. Yeah. This is a thing. Yeah. So you're all sitting there driving, sitting in your house, whatever, listening. And you're wondering to yourself, what does this have to do with the military? And the answer is absolutely nothing. Absolutely yeah, nothing. No, nothing. This, just is a poop just, story. this is just chaps being chaps decides, you know what? Haven't had a poop story in like a day. So let's, let's fire that up. Um, crazy move though, too, because why would you, why would you do that in a car when bathrooms are readily available all over the place? I don't think there is an upside to doing this unless you just have malice in your heart and you have a vendetta against whoever the owner of these shops are, because why else would you do this? Oh, this is like a fetish kind of thing. One time when I was working on the Lower West Side, I had a different job in Manhattan and I would go on these walks over to the Hudson River on my lunch break. And there was all these back streets where people would park and eat their lunches and stuff. People in the city would kind of tough to find parking, but these back streets had like easy parking so people would hang out. Super hot summer day. I'm walking over to the river and I see this man with a huge jug of what looks like laundry detergent and he's pouring it into the sewer grate. And part of me wants to say something because I'm like, dude, you can't pour a ton of laundry detergent into the sewer grate that goes right into the river. Like old environmentalist Katie Grutrio was like, hey, I got closer. It was yellow. I could smell it. It was an entire enormous laundry jug full of his own urine that he had huh. just like collected huh. and was dumping into. So I decided not to say anything. I was like, you do you, man. I don't want to, I don't want to yeah. get sprayed by yeah. that. I mean, you know what? Maybe he has a job where he can't leave his post and he is, you know, which general order is that? You're not going to leave your post until re properly right. relieved. Uh, maybe that's the second general order. Somebody's going to yell at me for that. So whatever. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I can, I can empathize. I'm sure Kyle, you can empathize too. There were times when I had to urinate in a bottle in Iraq, evident sure. by the, the, uh, the oatmeal urine story. Um, but again, this goes back to, there are better places to do this. So maybe not necessarily the, the sewer, but I, I don't know, maybe he's thinking this is the most sanitary place for me to dispose of this. I don't know. There are a lot of questions. So the, the guy who's pooping in the cars, do you think he has like a favorite car to poop in? Like, oh, Kia Sedona's, Kia Sedona's, they're my favorite. <laughs> or maybe, you know, Volvo, Volvo XC90s, maybe those are his favorite. What do you guys think? Like, what do you think? Like, is he's the... got a brand. Yeah. Like, if you're going to pick a car to poop in, what are you picking? Yeah. Uh, definitely a conversion van with curtains that I can pull. Like, That's one of those good, old yeah. school, it's got soft, it's got shag carpeting. So the poop will really get in there. Yeah. Good. It's not an easy clean. 
Kyle, um, that, what you just did there was not lost on me. So kudos to you. Uh, also, have you guys ever been to a party where someone left an upper decker? Yes, my old rugby house. Yeah, they, like, they, it like used to happen to us. Kate's college 1.0 experience is just poop everywhere. <laughs> pooped in our washer and dryer. They pooped on my floor. They pooped in our upper deck. They pooped everywhere, dude. It was, <laughs> it was a thing. Also, every now and then in the city, you see a poop that's like uh, my favorite one so far has been it was on a subway wall when you went down the steps into the to get onto the one train mm -hmm. but it was so it was like somebody put their butt up against the wall and started pushing while their butt was smushed up against it but it was so high up it was like five feet up i was like did they like run backwards leap and shit at the same time like it was just, I stood there marveling. I couldn't mm. believe how tall this shit was. Yeah. So this is, the, this is the last thing I'll say, and then we can move on because I, I don't necessarily want to continue to talk about poop, but <laughs> there is nothing I hate more in Hoboken where I live than the amount of poop that is just on the sidewalk that people <laughs> have clearly just not picked up from their dog. I think you have to be a special kind of degenerate and a horrible person that deserves no good in this life. If you don't pick up poop after your dog, I mean, and I'll say that. You're in New Jersey. You're in New Jersey. So no, don't don't you give me that New Jersey. We don't have that line. problem down here. People here, decent, good. Yeah, because Kyle, they poop on your grass, so you just don't see it, and you get caught in your lawnmower when oh. you're mowing the lawn on Saturday. Oh no. Whereas no. the people here, they don't have that option. Oh okay. So again, it's a New Jersey thing. It's just they, there's no <laughs> grass, so they have to leave the shit on the sidewalk. Either 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 way, be that as it may, just please pick up your dog's poop. Be a decent human being be a decent human the last thing i'll say is um pooping on deployment in the wag bags mm. this just sorry i'm thinking about poop now <laughs> nothing more embarrassing than taking a giant dumper and then having to walk it to the burn pit yourself holding it in the bag and everyone can see like the heft of what you have done in right. your hands. because you they know, know that that it's yours because it's not like you're walking around like hey uh, anybody got poop they want me to take for them they know yeah. it's you yeah, it was always me like looking left and right and being like, I better speed walk over to that burn pit with this giant bag of shit. Anyway, very embarrassing. So I get, I don't know. I don't know what this fan pooper's reasoning is, but maybe there's some kind of reason. I hope Who he knows? stops. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, on to round number three. Plane crashes, people. We're on to a little story about some military veterans and some plane crashes. Reg Harrison slides his leather wallet out of his pocket and removes a weathered black and white photo of a beautiful woman. It's not me. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I've been carrying that since 1946, said the 98-year-old. Our love story, I think it was meant to be. But the Second World War veteran, often called Crash, isn't the first bomber pilot to carry the woman's photo in his wallet or to ask her to marry him. Harrison's love story is one of loss and luck. His best friend, Buddy, this is the first little part of this story here we'll get into. When the war began in 1939, Harrison was a 17-year-old farm boy in southeastern Saskatchewan who spent his days plowing his parents' field behind a team of horses. He would often stand in the dirt amid billows of dust and swarms of grasshoppers and watch Air Force training flights roar overhead. So he joined the Royal Canadian Air Force in 1941 and started school to become a pilot. That is when he became fast friends with Donaldson Rendell Holloway, a.k.a. Buddy, from Ottawa. He really stood out. I always felt a little bit inferior to him. He was taller than me, a lot more good looking, but we got along really well. And there's a, a really neat little photo of them. Yeah. And you know what? He's selling himself short. He's just, he's a handsome fellow in his own right. 
both of these fellas very handsome yeah. and but buddy would often write letters to his fiance gene woods back home in ottawa and he would always invite harrison hey toss a note in the card too so say hello to my girl he'd say harry put a footnote on this letter and i'd always say but i don't know gene and every time buddy would give the same reply you never know someday you might meet her harrison remembers asking his friend what gene looked like buddy pulled out his wallet and showed him a picture uh, and he goes on to say she was a good-looking gal. A month later, Harrison was in his first plane crash. Like most rookies, he had to complete a training flight with an experienced crew before he could pilot his own team. Unbeknownst to the crew on March Unbeknownst. 5th, yes, unbeknownst. <laughs> uh, there was a 500-pound bomb stuck on the plane's bomb bay when they landed. Not great. Uh, they were all sort of knocked out. Harrison spent 10 weeks in the hospital getting skin grafts to treat phosphorus burns. And when he got back to the base, he learned that Buddy had been killed in a training crash almost instantly. A lot of my grandfather was a flight instructor for the Army Air Corps during World War II. Mm -hmm. If you read stories about the training was almost as deadly as the war sometimes. I mean, especially when it came to these planes and these pilots. Um, so he is recovering, Harrison's recovering, and he gets word that Buddy has been killed. So for the first time, Harrison wrote his own letter to Gene. He said he was sorry to hear about Buddy's death, and if he survived, he would stop to see her in Ottawa. He would have to cheat death again and again and again to fulfill that promise. On his 13th bombing mission, Harrison's plane had an engine failure on takeoff. The bomber veered off the runway, loaded with bombs, crashed into the stone wall, into a stone wall, and Harrison was knocked out. They found me lying on the wing, another 10 days in the hospital, broken nose, 30 or 40 stitches. After surviving two crashes, he got the nickname Crash, well-deserved. Um, then, August 1944, his crew got caught in a storm and had to abandon their, air for their aircraft low on fuel and parachute to safety. Three months later, another incident. They get peppered by friendly fire and have to make a crash landing on one wheel. My squadron commander said to me, well, Crash, you've cheated the Grim Reaper four times. I've got a feeling you're not going to be lucky a fifth time. Always good to hear from your higher ups. That, yeah, yeah, like, ah, I think we roll the dice enough at this point. I guess yeah, we'll but, let you go home now. Yeah, so they were saying it's time to let you go home back to Canada. Uh, he said, I never looked on myself as a hero. I just looked at myself as being darn lucky that my number wasn't up. Eventually, Harrison, he keeps corresponding with Gene, with, with Buddy's late, the late Buddy's girl. They keep corresponding. Eventually, he works up the the courage to propose. And she says, yes, the two get married just before Christmas in 1946. And they spend the next 43 years together. Jean always wore two engagement rings, one from buddy and one from Harrison until she died in 1990, 31 years ago. Today, Harrison lives alone in Saskatoon. He misses Jean who filled his life with laughter, friends, family, faith, and good cooking. And she was famous for her Saskatoon berry pie. Mm. But what just kind to, of berries it was? I don't know what kind of berries it was, but I would love a good Saskatoon. Well, Saskatoon berry cons, mm. obviously. Oh, okay, obviously. So get with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this is almost like a Pearl harbor kind of, but without yeah. the without the drama between the two fellas over the girl. Right. Um, but I think it's kind of cool. Obviously. Harrison was cool with her wearing both rings and remembering Buddy. And I'm sure it sounds like they had the kind of friendship where Buddy would also be be given the thumbs up on this relationship and just mm -hmm. glad that Gene is with a good guy since they were friends. But just another cool, there's so many cool stories out there from the war. Um, that's definitely, definitely a good one. Yeah. Uh, I, 
it's almost kind of like three and a half crashes because the first one they bailed out. Before oh my crashed. god! <laughs> no, Crash I'm kidding. This is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, hardo. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's unbelievable that he survived so many ridiculous uh, missions and and was able to survive all of them. And also, I just I, I think war does something to people and, and relationships where they don't necessarily make sense to the rest of the world. I'm not going to say any names because. Um, I, I don't know that they would want this out there, but uh, I, I know someone who w- was married to a girl. He was killed in Afghanistan. And then his best friend ended up marrying that girl. He was married to her. He was killed. Then his best friend married her. And now they have a family and they're v- very happy and they, they keep the other gentleman's memory alive. And, you know, I think if you tell that story on its face to a lot of people, they'll be like, oh, that's kind of weird. I don't know, uh, you know, for, for some people that go through tremendous grief, like the losing of a, a spouse at, at a young age, maybe that's the only way to know how to cope. I don't know. I can't really begin to pretend to understand this, but it seemingly made a lot of sense that they were together for 43 years with a very nice love story. And it is crazy that, you know, you mentioned the Pearl Harbor. Yeah, that was one crash, one war, one mission. He did it four times and survived and went home and married the girl. Unbelievable. Yeah, he deserves uh, he deserves all the happiness out there. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, round number four. Oh God, it's a science round. Oh. There's a lot of parts to this. I think we've been we're gonna, killing these. This is we've been killing make me so mad already. I think we're gonna <laughs> skim it a little. Uh, round number four. Our planet sits in the small corner of the Milky Way galaxy, twenty five thousand light years from the galactic center. I'm too, again, I'm too pregnant for this. I'm sorry. I'm too pregnant to even continue reading anything yeah. beyond this. Uh, All right. I, I'll take the round. <laughs> but like, again, we have to reiterate, like, he really needs to stop taking the three chi and writing up the sheet for the story. Because again, this has nothing to do with the theme of our show. Well, it's just him being out there we're on- and thinking of the military is in the solar system okay and we have space force now cons all right fine i don't want to upset the space force any more than we currently have no we've gotten some nasty grams from space force adjacent people and i don't know how much more of that i can take so maybe we'll lighten up on them no uh but okay probably not um anyway so basically chaps just put together some fun facts about our solar system number one earth really isn't that big we totally remember beaming with smug pride as a kid after learning that earth is the fifth largest planet in our solar system but that's because we had yet to be humbled by the largest known star in the universe vy canis majoris the red hypergiant is 1420 times larger than the sun and is currently expelling 30 times the mass of earth every year in the form of dust and gas as it nears its demise Okay, so long story short, the Earth really isn't that big. Yeah. Uh, we don't know how many stars there are. Our sun takes up most of the solar system's mass. Light from space takes a long time to reach Earth. The universe is beyond ancient. It's still expanding. New planets are constantly being discovered. Driving to the moon would take only about six months. You could do it. Uh, one of Jupiter's storms is bigger than the Earth. Mars is home to a volcano three times the size of Mount Everest. And time is only an illusion. There, I rapid fired. Thank it. you. I appreciate I got, that. That was actually the best it. way to do that. Boring. 
Yeah. So Kyle, do you want to dive into any of these since you are Mr. Science and Mr. Uh, actually has a brain on I the show? I wouldn't say I'm Mr. Science. I just, you know, care about it. Unlike some unnamed people on this show. There's um, chaps put this round in here as I'm saying, because there's numbers all over it. And he knows I can't yeah. read numbers. Yeah. It's That's a death it. trap. Yeah. yeah. Time. So the the coolest thing I think out of all this is that that he also sent us a picture of I think this came he sent us a picture of the blue dot the famous blue dot picture that was taken by the Voyager spacecraft I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. so like that's pretty cool because right now there's just like these two spacecraft that are hurtling through I think they're out of our solar system now they're just they're just hanging chilling out just spiraling towards the end of the universe wherever that is um, but they have like a diagram of a human, what we look like, and then a bunch of sounds from Earth put on a gold record that aliens could play, I guess. Uh, so I, I think Chaps got a little deep into the space stuff. But what's cool is that they are really finding new planets at all times. And as we approach what we talked about with the light, how light travels and warping time we could potentially one day travel to those places and a lot of them are, are like earth they have similar atmospheres and we could habitate them which would be pretty sweet when you think about it all right so what you're saying in a nutshell is the space force may not be useless after all no i'm not saying that at all Okay. No, they're right. useless for sure. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, Kate, quickly, could you please scroll to number eight and read the number that I have highlighted there, please? Please. Oh, oh number eight. That, Hold Kate. on. You got it. Here we go. Two, 238,855. Close. Thousand. Uh, quite close enough. <laughs> Two, 238,855,000 miles away. 238,855. God damn it. You know so, what I meant, though. So close. It was close. It was close. I'm proud of you. You didn't shy away from that. And that's the most important part that you're looking at your fear right in the face and you're saying, Numbers, you won't get me. I'm smarter that, than you. That's how far away the moon is, everyone. How many miles? So all now right. you know. Cool. Um, all right. One thing left yeah. out is the, uh, what was the first? Oh, the, the red hypergiant, Canis Majoris. Mm -hmm. Only twice the size of Greenland, as it turns out. Yeah. Okay. okay. We should buy it. Yeah, All we right. should. Take I'm it. sure it's cheap. All right. It seems All to right. be having a little trouble with the uh, gas. All right. So yeah. All right. I, I hate to say this. I maybe younger me would go for it. I don't think I want to go into space anymore. What? Why? Why? I don't know. I, unless... I definitely would. Unless it's like as smooth as an airplane, every time I watch astronauts go into space, my butthole is puckered up so fucking tight. I can't even look. I'm beside myself. I don't think I could get into one of those things, strap in and go to space. Like even if you gave me a free golden ticket to do so, I think I'd be like, you know what, man, I'm going to pass. I think I would pass. Mm -hmm. I, I think I'd be willing to take that chance just because of how cool I think it would be. Yeah. And I think... I'm going to give NASA the benefit of the doubt right now. And I think they've pretty much got it down to a science, no pun intended, on getting people up into space. 
So it's not, it's not like this is, I'm not one of the guys who had the right stuff back in the sixties, right. Who were doing all the test stuff. I'm going on something that's pretty well worked out and they got it figured out. So I, I think I'd be okay. So I would still do it. Oh yeah. I'm, <sighs> I'll, you can major Tommy out in the space. Just send me out and, <laughs> you know, give me a cocktail and I'll just ride yeah. it out. I think we're pretty close to, to planes flying at much higher altitudes, like in the next, what, what, what's the first thing outside of our atmosphere, Kyle? Uh, space, low earth okay, orbit. Space. There you, go. <laughs> you know, like right above low, yeah, low the atmosphere. Earth orbit. Yeah. Sure. You go. That's what I, the words I would look, I was looking for. Thank you for that assistance there. Ah. Um, that that's happening. I think we will see that in our lifetime. Yeah, I, I think Virgin Galactic, I think they have a few things they're designing. Yeah. And then Elon Musk has like that silo with wings on it. Yeah, it I don't, I don't, I don't trust him though. I don't trust. I'm not him getting yet. into Musk. Well, that's I'm who's sending. Musk. NASA's using him to send people up into space. Eh, all right, maybe we'll see. I still don't I fully think, trust him. Like, honest to God, put me in like a bunch of layered snowsuits and send me up on a beach chair attached to a ton of weather balloons. I'll do that. Uh, I'm not getting in a fucking rocket. I'll tell you that much. That's insane. That's, yeah but that's it's quieter true it's peaceful quieter. true i'm not gonna roast i'll be nice and toasty in my little snowsuit heading up there and then pop my balloons let me come back down that's, and do like the and then you can jump the felix Baumgartner guy that jumped from space remember that yes the yeah. Red Bull athlete. yeah yeah that's so I, I would do something like that i'm not i'm not getting in a rocket i'm sorry all right the haters will say okay. i don't know unless well, katie I'll coward tell you, go, the only reason I would get into a spacecraft is if they gave me a really cool pair. I feel like space and boots go hand in hand, especially if they're a pair of Rocky boots, my friends. They build boots for the women and men that serve and protect our country right here in the USA for each individual branch of the military. Most recently, U.S. Marine Corps, we got a nice pair of Tropic boots. They're very compliant. Uh, these boots are flesh and water resist flash, not flesh resistance. <laughs> They're flash resistant, flash and water resistant. Kate. Keep going, Kate. <laughs> Keep going. You got it. Uh, anyways, they are extremely durable yet breathable. So you won't overheat. And true story. I've been wearing these in the snow. We've had a ton of snow up here the last couple of weeks. Those have been my go-to. I don't want to slip. I'm big time prego. I am transferring trains, not risking it. I've actually been wearing these Marine Corps, these, these boots, and they're fantastic. Um, I remember back in the day getting a new pair of Marine Corps boots and they'd be so heavy. It was like wearing lead. These Rocky boots are amazing. The USMC Tropic boot. The Panama Vibram cupped outsole makes this boot incredibly stable, sheds underfoot debris with ease, keeping you safe and comfortable over any terrain, whether it be dog poop in Jersey City, step right over it in these boots, my friends, or the mountains of California doing a little training. They make the best boots for our service members. They also make boots for everything in between. I love their hiking boots. I've worn them out. I feel really cute in them. Whenever I wear them, I get a ton of DMs from the ladies. I have this really cool brown leathery pair with these great bright red shoelaces that they came with that everybody's always like, where did you get those Rocky boots, my friend? And promo code ZBT at checkout for 25% off your next pair. We have had people using this deal tagging us saying we have saved hundreds of dollars on our boot orders with this. So rockyboots.com. Promo code ZBT for your next pair of boots. You will not regret it. I know I love them. Everybody else at ZBT wearing them does too. Uh, But on to a bit of a con here. Your your MOS Mm. 
good parts to it, whatever your job is in the military, there's some negative parts to it too, which is the part we probably all talk about most bitching in the smoke pit at the end of the day with our buddies. We asked you, what is the worst part of your MLS? And the answers came flowing. Cons, do you want to kick us off? Yes, sure. We will start with uh, our pal Kyle Musakia, randos unlawfully accessing the flight line. That one's kind of surprising because I feel like there are a lot of barriers before you actually get to the flight line. So to just be walking around, you know, taking pictures, that seems like it shouldn't happen as often as it might happen the way he's uh, mentioning it here. Well, look at the story we just had last week. Somebody went on to the the airline, the airway, the flight line where the fucking president takes off. Goddamn sexpo. Mm, yeah, the old secfo. Yeah, old, those guys. Secfo. On uh, on Cherry Point, they just finally put fences around the flight line. It used to be you could just drive your goddamn truck right up to a plane. Crazy, yeah. crazy, when, crazy. When I was in Afghanistan uh, on the second tour, Leon Panetta was flying in to you know make the rounds on Camp Leatherneck, and a few days beforehand, I was m- military police physical security on that tour. A few days beforehand, a fuel truck had gone missing and, uh, and so had a local Afghan national who worked on the base. So it's like putting two and two together already a little bit troubling. Well, the day that Panetta's plane lands, all of a sudden this truck goes veering across the flight line and the man had set himself on fire, what? The, had tr- he w- tried to blow up the fuel truck and blow up. Mm-hmm. Panetta. I feel like you could do that without setting yourself on fire before blowing yeah. up. You'll right. have to, you can, you can look this story up in the news. My, one of my staff sergeants got a purple heart because then the man realized, oh shit, I'm really on fire here and leapt onto the front of his MP car. And my staff sergeant had to like try and peel the guy off. It's a whole, it was a whole fucking thing, but yeah, randos do get on the flight line. I tell you yeah. what, they make All a break right. for it. And that's a, it's a whole thing. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool story there. You can Google it. Prince of Alaire said dealing with dependents at the PAX terminal. I oh. love dependents. Oh, come on, Kate. I love them. I feel we got to stop shitting on them all the no, time. Wow. Most of them are cool. Oh, they need yeah. to stop giving us material to shit on them for. That's what they uh, need to do. Remember, dependents, about, you... Yeah, he's talking about like... No, go ahead, Kyle. The salute me dependents. He's talking yeah. about them. Like, I was gonna do you say, know who my husband is or my wife? Yeah, you are not <laughs> your spouse's rank. Just, just remember that. So, yeah. Uh, that's yeah, I would say. And what's the PAX terminal? That's where uh, the flight terminal where people go through to fly. Um, yeah. So like I, I don't know if he dealt with space A flights or whatever, but. Um, so we have Sean Pat three one one said being a field MP sucked. Our only job in the rear was to train, and ninety five percent of the training we did we never used on deployments anyway. As a field MP myself, that is one hundred percent correct. You just <laughs> I feel like you, uh, well. I feel like people like when other Marines hear MP, they just think that you're a gate guard or you you give out tickets and we hate you just across the board. But then like later on, I learned what a field MP was. Yeah. So when I signed up to be an MP, I thought I was going to be a cop. I like, I went into it because then I was like, when I get out, I'll be a cop and it'll be easy. But I got field side and I was like, what the hell's field side? And I never, I got fapped over to the gate for like one month, but the rest of my time was field side. And all we did was, it was like infantry light training. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's all you did the entire time until everybody deploys. And then you told, you're told you're a girl and you can't. And you're uh, like, well, that was pointless. Um, mm-hmm. So then <laughs> you find a way around it. 
Um, Jordan Fuller said, wearing red patches on my uniform to let everyone know that I have AIDS. Okay, Jordan Fuller. That's the people, the red patches are supply, right? That's No, uh, they are, lo- they're logistics. They're, I think they're the, I don't think they're called load masters. I don't know what the fuck they are called, but they, like, say you're landing on a beach and you have a bunch of gear and stuff coming in. They're the ones who direct where goes to where or what goes to where. So that the reason they wear the patch is so that they're easily identifiable and they can, it kind of overcomes rank for a moment. Their billet overcomes rank so that you can yell at a first sergeant to get that fucking Humvee out of my way because I have this Humvee that has to go there. So, I mean, yeah, but they're, so that they either particular have AIDS job. or they're ASVAB waivers. Yeah, that particular job, every, obviously, uniform in the Marine Corps is identical, except that job, they have these red tabs. And so there's all these rumors about what the red tabs mean for those who don't know. So one of them, the times have changed, but one of them was that like, you have AIDS or you have yeah whatever. Times have changed. Mm. Uh, PJ Quaid said, 0311 gun cleaning, worst part of his job. Nothing worse than getting back from like three weeks in the field you're fucking hungry. You're exhausted. You're dirty. You can't wait to just get the fuck out of there and go have a like one second to yourself. But first you have to clean your weapons until there's not a single speck of rust on anything. And the armor is a dickhead. So no matter how much you clean it, they keep turning you away until like, it's like three, four in the morning and they're still being dickheads and turning you away. That kind of thing. So yeah. But you're saying that, that really transcends all branches and all armor somewhere. They must be sort of part of some sort of uh, secret armorer club where it says, hey, never let anyone go on the first try and all these other rules that just make the rest of our lives miserable. Yep. And that's why you would get desperate enough to just roll up a 20 and put it in your barrel and pass it through the armor <laughs> window and be like, please yeah. fucking let me go. Dude, dude. I just, I just want to go home and get some Chick-fil-A. Let me live. I mean, that's, it's such a perfect military thing. Like shooting guns is fun. You can't have a bad time shooting guns. No. Shooting yeah, machine yeah. guns is even more fun. But then yes. the military does what they do. And they're like, well, you clean gun or you, you shot your gun for, you know, four hours. How about 16 hours of cleaning it? Let's, exactly. let's just round this yeah. day out. So, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the time proportionate to the amount of time firing to the time cleaning is ridiculously yeah. disproportionate. Yeah. And especially if you're infantry and that's pretty much all you do. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. got to be like the bane of your fucking existence. Um, Sloshua says, I'm rarely right that he's always wrong. He's a weather forecaster in the military and nobody likes it when you're wrong in the military. So he probably takes shit all the time. Nikki Mailbox says, being an admin, I'm constantly called and reminded that I'm a pogue. Hurts more that I used to be armored too. So this person used to be more of an infantry MOS, I guess, and now they're admin. And it's like, oh, you're a pogue. You don't do anything. We need them. Yeah, that was just we'd be lost without them. But without them, a- you can't go on leave. So you know, you can't deploy. You can't, can't deploy, do anything. Can't can't do anything. So be nice. Yeah. Be nice to your S one is what I'm saying. Because guess what? If you're nice to your S one and you make friends, then they will. Just look the other way as you accrue 97 days of leave and then take that as terminal leave at the end of your time as active duty and you get to live at the beach getting paid for 97 days. Yeah. And okay, Hardos, take away the admin. Somebody in your unit's got to start doing it. Yeah. It could be you. So yeah. you, do you really want your shithead private to be doing your paperwork on the back end for you? Probably you not. You sure don't. You sure don't. Patrick Murray says, fire out battery, Mark 19. Made you pucker real quick. Um, 
fire out of battery Mark 19. So the Mark 19 is a machine gun that shoots like chain link links of grenades. Yeah, it's a really cool. It's a really cool weapon. Yeah, it's really cool. It makes the best thumping sound in the world. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, but if something goes wrong with it, it's one thing to have your saw uh, do a little goofing on you. And I've seen I've seen accidents with machine guns where the round they lift up the tray, the feed cover tray too soon, a round explodes, and thank God they had their eye pro on. So mm-hmm. a little pro PPE PSA there. But people taking shrapnel to the face, like I've seen some of my buddies this you're fucked your mark 19 malfunctions yeah your butthole is going to be real tight Mm -hmm. so yeah not great max walsh who was former guest to the show doing the same maintenance filling out the same monthly and daily logbooks cleaning the same weapon all of the time hashtag today will be the same Mm. case of groundhog's day that's from he he was in lar and they call themselves larsock like Marsock, <laughs> and they're saying is uh, today will be the same because tomorrow or Marsocks was tomorrow will be different. What would you guys say was the worst part of yours of your jobs? So I was thinking about this. I definitely uh, two that came to mind. One that was out in the field, and my first unit, uh, I was a heavy field artillery platoon leader, so that meant I had paladins, which is basically uh, a tank with a howitzer attached to it. It's really really cool. Uh, vehicle but if you throw a track it's not like you you pop the tire on a humvee and even that's a pain in the ass to, to fix but if you throw a track on a, a paladin that is a hours and hours worth of your time to get that back and it's just stinks and then probably just being a platoon leader and getting the calls on the weekends about all the dumb stuff your lower enlisted are doing and you have to ultimately give up your weekend now because someone else did something stupid well it's because you yeah. failed as a leader it's your fault yep yeah, that, yeah you're, you're right. a leader you're, yep. poor leader. you're right you're right Shoddy. you guys are right yeah i suck yeah. yeah that was it that was it yeah <laughs> kyle what was yours uh probably just trying to make people care about <laughs> my job <laughs> you know it, it i did uh you might not have been familiar, but describe I, your job in a few sentences for people listening on the civilian side who might not get what you so did. So, like, you know how you take your car to a dealership for maintenance, and they have the guy that makes sure it gets put through maintenance correctly, and mm-hmm. all the parts get ordered. That's pretty close to what I did. So, right then, for, off the for bat, tanks or for Humvees or for, for tracks every, or for every ground asset. So, I could go to any okay. ground unit or any unit with ground assets. So. Um, it was maintenance management specialist, which sounds like a fucking janitor right off the bat. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then no one gives a shit about it. Like in the Marine Corps, people will, whatever it takes to fix it, they'll do it. And then you gotta be like, well, actually you can't just rip parts off that to put it onto this. <laughs> and, you know, whenever, when everything's broken, the CO just wants their answers and it's hard to tell them like, well, uh parts won't be here for like three more months because our supply chains are shit my job so everything falls on you so you would get vehicles from people who like macgyvered them for four months with other random parts and then yeah. they'd be like here you go fix it yeah. Hurry up. Or and you're like, like what the fuck did you do to my vehicle you know how did <laughs> yeah. that seven ton radiator get a perfect half inch socket jammed into the front of it that's weird Just yeah, what dealing. was some of the worst what was some of the worst stuff you saw like that like we had one and he in Afghanistan, we, we ran LABs for a long time. 
and they weren't too equipped to deal with the moon dust. They would overheat mm -hmm. quite a bit, especially when it's 120 degrees and there's no roads where we were. So they just fill up with dust. And one vehicle commander, a staff sergeant, LAV crewman, blew up three engines, two or three engines oh. in his LAVs. And it was to the point where they would tell him to stop and he wouldn't stop. And then they would blow up. Well, there was like a two week lead time to get LAV engines in because they couldn't come over air. They had to come over convoys. And we were the farthest south in Afghanistan and we would get a convoy maybe once a week. Mm -hmm. So they NJP'd him uh, for, <laughs> for that. And then he threatened to kill the CO. So they NJP'd him for that. We get back to the States. He's a full on private. He got staff sergeant no. to private. That's yeah. tough. Yeah. Holy wow. shit. Staff <laughs> sergeant him, to private. You know, like oh how everywhere gosh. in the Marine Corps is just yellow ropes on red poles everywhere, miraculously, yeah. like driving through Kansas and fences. It's like that. And he, like the what they did to him is they made him dig all those post holes on 41 <laughs> area on Camp Pendleton. And of course, you know, everyone got drunk and ripped up all of his fence posts and, and ropes <laughs> oh, and everything. So that guy, that was probably the worst thing I saw was just him blowing up engines one after the other. Yeah, don't but, do it, my friends. Don't do it. Yeah. My goodness. But no, my job, I and mean, I didn't really like too many aspects of my job. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but what about you, Kate? Yeah, Kate. Um, probably the thing where, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm an MP. Oh, fuck you. Yeah, oh, fuck you. It's like, well, I always be like, well, I'm field side. If that counts for anything, I never pulled anyone over before um that part and then just like that person saying in here that like um our only job was to train and 95 percent of the training we did we never used on deployments anyway well we weren't exactly infantry we weren't exactly military police and so there's always this kind of like what are we doing and if you get caught not doing something you get caught you get stuck playing fuck fuck games all day and so it was always like hurry up let's make up something to do and it would be just dumb like okay, we're going to lay a bunch of jump ropes down and clear this fake room that we made for four hours in front of the office, mm. just in case our staff sergeant looks out the window. There's really no training value to this. It was a lot of like looking like we're training, but we weren't. Uh, <laughs> like, Getting really like, creative about killing time. And then you start to get in your head. You're like, man, I'm, I'm 22 years old. I could be doing a lot of important stuff right now. I, mm -hmm. I, and you're like just playing fuck fuck games. I don't know. After a while, I was ready to, uh, uh, I was I ready just, to move I on. I just really sure. can't picture Katie Cop. No, not at all. I did work the gate. I did work the gate. I got fapped over there for like a month. See, maybe I a month just and picture half. you, somebody rolling up. Oh, I forgot they give my you ID. Like, all right, that's okay. Just don't tell anyone. But, but remember sure? it next time. Are you sure? You my two, <laughs> my two favorite things. I was always stuck on night duty. My two favorite incidents were one: this young like Lance Corporal pulls up to the gate, and he's like, "I don't know what to do. I'm DDing for my buddies tonight out in Oceanside in California." And I went into the bar with them. I haven't been drinking, and he hadn't, but he passed. He's fine. But he pointed in his back seat. Um, he's like, well, while I was in there, a homeless guy climbed in the back of my car. He won't get out. And he had a guy in the back of his car just sleeping, passed out. And he's like, I don't know how to get him out of my car. Well, so I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I call the like, you know, over the walkie talkie to bring like a higher up out. And they're like, uh, you take your car back out in town, have the Oceanside PD get him out. And so they just turned this kid away with a, with a stranger in the back of his car. The second he did not poop. Okay. 
The second was a woman. I could see the lights like weaving as it approached the gate. And this was out. Oh, not the, it's the gate further back towards like Fallbrook in California. Nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. The Fallbrook Anyway. Yeah, there's definitely some people who know. Yeah. Main side gate. You had to kind of go out of your way to get there. And this woman, civilian woman had had a date in Oceanside. She comes like swerving up to the gate and I'm like, I'm going to have to really stop you here. You're fucked up. And she's like, yeah, you got me. I was on, (laughs) she just admitted it like right away. She was like, I was on a date in Oceanside. She was like, looked like a divorcee in like her forties or whatever. And was like all done up. I was on a really bad date out in Oceanside. So I just kept drinking margaritas and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And she's like, I don't know how I wound up here, but I was hoping I could turn around real quick. And I was like, I got some bad news for you. You like literally just, you just drove yourself into a giant DUI checkpoint. Like we're, (laughs) we're, we're covered in lights. We have guns. Why would you do this? So I'm surprised. That's where I would have thought you would have said, all right, listen, turn around, Mm -hmm. do it quickly. So I'm proud of you that you did. No, I feel like getting arrested by Kate might be one of the more pleasant experiences of if she was a cop. I was so friendly. (laughs) I was, I was like, I'm so sorry. You had a bad date. Like, yeah, the whole time Kate's apologizing to her. Well, and her. she was so nice too she was like you got me she like was so friendly throughout the whole ordeal it was I feel like delight. you would get like was the loveliest would get like mail from the people you arrest be like she was the nicest person 10 out of 10 <laughs> would get arrested by her again yeah oh i was very friendly Kate, I, Kate I, uh... still uh exchanges christmas cards with everybody she's ever arrested yeah <laughs> thanks for coming through um but yeah, so no, those were the only two, like the rest was just like, whatever, but. Uh, what? All right. Now let me flip it, the script a little bit. What about your current job here, Kate, at Barstool? Oh, shoot. Um, My least favorite part. God, there's kind of nothing to hate about it. Yeah, I know. It's hard. Um, It's hard. And I focus on like the jerks who send me DMs from time to time, but people are so overwhelmingly lovely, like mm. 99.9% of messages and whatever I get are like the best thing on the planet so I would say nothing I guess I now I would say it's my commute because I'm having trouble walking and like going up and down the <laughs> stairs of my bad. commute is different yeah you don't have to do no. that right now I think no, everybody would be okay with you not commuting <laughs> but other than that uh, I love it I yeah I would say like sometimes the messages like you know uh, most people are usually just joking but the ones that are you know people are trying to be mean and you just read them and you think to yourself, what, what did you get out of that? I don't get yeah. it, but you know, you needed that more than, yeah. than I did yeah. Yeah. to hear that. But um, yeah. one of the, the hardest parts for me is, you know, I, I try to lead a healthy lifestyle, work out, eat well. Inevitably though, whenever I'm in the office, there's always something good to eat. And it's just, oh yeah, you either just succumb to the peer pressure and you eat it or you're just miserable thinking about how delicious that donut would be that you're not eating so your struggle is the food is too good at the office yes that's tough i'm sad i'm I'm sad because i eat and i eat because i'm sad (laughs) kyle what's your least favorite part of dealing with us go ahead go go ahead Where, know, do, where do you even begin? Be honest. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I'm, actually ter- I'm actually terrified of this because whatever Kyle says is going to be real. I uh, <laughs> I won't. It's just, let me restart there. <laughs> let it so, out. Uh, this episode is going to be a pain in the dick. Because uh, just the, the little minor resets in there and the, 
And Kate, when you clap at the beginning, you don't say one, two, three, clap. That <laughs> overshadows the whole clap. Anyways, Aww. you know, no, it's fine. Um, the one thing I don't really, you guys are great to work with because one, I don't think anyone listens to the show. So when I fuck <laughs> up, it's really not that big of a deal. And usually I've only done it like twice, but it's me telling on myself. So I like that aspect. Um, mm-hmm. There's really People no one. People do listen. I have to tell you. But you know what? I know exactly what you're talking about, Kyle, because right now I'm talking to two people. So for me and, and one part of my brain, it's it's like, well, there's only two people listening to me, right. not thinking about yeah. all the people that are going to listen to this on their phones or, oh, that's all I think or whatever about. tomorrow. All yeah. I think about is the DMs. And that's probably what I hate the most. <laughs> is, well, actually, the red Majoris giant planet is only 1500 times. This, just shut up. It's <laughs> not Zekfo. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll... This... How dare you disrespect the space force? We, uh, uh, yeah, but, you know. So. But then, on in the same vein, uh, the DMs are probably the best part when people are like, "Hey, that's pretty cool, you guys doing this." Um, so yeah, but dealing with you guys is all right. Eh, it's, okay. it's okay. I it's okay. I will say, I my another favorite part is you guys like my buddies, my brothers. I always feel safe and secure on here. And I also feel safe and secure at home with Simply Safe, my Whoa! friends. They Damn. have got your back. Uh, everyone wants to keep their home and their family safe, whether it's from a break in, fire, flooding, medical emergency. Simply Safe Home Security delivers award winning 24 7 protection. With Simply Safe, you don't just get an arsenal of cameras and sensors, you get the best professional monitors in the biz. They got your back day, night. They're ready to send police, fire, EMTs, hopefully a friendly cop like me. You know, uh, and Simply Safe has an arsenal of sensors and cameras every inch of your home. You can set it up yourself in 30 minutes. It's super easy. Even I can do it. Even if it was a simple, easy thing. Um, then the professionals take over. They monitor your home at all times and they send help the moment there's an alarm. No long-term contract, no hidden fees or installation costs. And right now you can get a free, F-R-E-E free cons home security camera when you purchase a Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash ZBT. You also get a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. Visit simplysafe.com slash ZBT for your free security camera today. That's simplysafe.com slash ZBT. As a lady who's having a baby soon, I feel like security, suddenly things like matter. Like before I'm like leaving my door unlocked and I'm like not caring about anything. And I'm like, you got to start caring about that stuff. Losing your car. Losing my car, all that stuff. Um, Any saved rounds, fellas? Yeah, I I got one. I feel like I have to defend chaps from the internet people that have just been eviscerating him for being soft and a big old pussy and not having a generator. Fellas, is it lame to keep your family warm? Yeah. Does, <laughs> does that make me gay if I care about my family? Like, yeah. So people, you know, here in North Carolina, we get hurricanes. We have things that we prepare for that. We don't really have anything to prepare for snow, like Texas. So when people are like, it, it only snowed five inches. Well, yeah, they don't have snow trucks. They, right. don't they, don't the trucks. Trucks. They, they, they don't have the salt trucks. They don't have the plows. Yeah, nothing. So, and then they're like, well, you don't have a generator? He doesn't live on the coast. He's not getting hurricanes. What's he going to do with the generator? The one time yeah. every 20 years it snows there? So yeah, that doesn't exactly pay for itself. Just the internet yeah. being the internet. 
So, chaps, don't worry, buddy. You're not a big giant pussy for caring about your family and sending them to a hotel. No, if anything, I would I would say chaps is a big giant pussy because that's the most secure place of all. Yeah, but I mean, it should be noted he didn't go to the hotel himself. He stayed. Home he had he had to stay with the animals. Yeah, and Gussie and sprinkled inkles. <laughs> yeah, so, it's crazy. Yeah. But, um, it's been fun too to see people calling out politicians in Texas and stuff who have been calling out other cities who have weather troubles and like power outages to be like, oh well, how the turns have tabled. <laughs> yeah, things have changed for you. Yeah. Um, but it's good to know that chaps his family could pack up and get out of there and i bet they did so with their fabulous can i bags their pro gear uh can i pro gear makes the finest backpacks in the world and no one else even comes close from assault packs to easygoing everyday carry bags if you're heading to a hotel because your house is frozen can i has a pack or bag to fit any one of your needs any situation you may find yourself in pro gear um they have a pack to fit it all enjoy superior craftsmanship customer service with a company that actually gives a shit about its customers. Imagine all can I backpacks and bags come with a lifetime warranty. And right now can I is offering free us shipping orders on anything over 75 bucks. They also offer the ability to use afterpay, So you can split it 35 bucks for easy payments, no credit check required. Can I has been used all over the world and has confirmed firsthand stories of their backpacks serving effectively in active war zones with members of the U S military and the primary packs of special ops wing of the secret service. Go to caniprogear.com, C-A-N-N-A-E, Progear, and get yourself the best backpack ever. Already have great low prices considering the extreme quality of this stuff. Promo code ZBT15, 15% off with ZBT15. If you have any questions, you can call an actual person and an actual person will answer the phone. In this robot world, very refreshing. You can slip them a DM on Facebook or Insta and get a response. So if you're Facebooking and DMing the ladies and not getting a response, don't worry about it. Hit up Can I. They'll they'll get back to you, I promise. What are you waiting for? Can I has free shipping all over the US, orders over 75 bucks. Promo code ZBT15 for 15% off any purchase. Give them a follow at Can I Pro Gear. Their content's guaranteed to make you laugh. They're not just pushing product. It's a, it's a lifestyle, my friends. It's a good one. So don't, don't buy low quality gear. Don't waste your money. Can I pro gear.com and get yourself some amazing gear. Promo code ZBT15 for 15% off. Speaking of saved rounds, I finally packed my hospital bag. Oh, wow, that's good. That's good. Whoa. I know. So I'm ready to go. I have... What's the, I'm, I'm sorry. Tell me again. The unless you don't want to share, but when's the actual due date? So it's mid March. They say March twenty second. So right now I'm at thirty. I'm coming up on thirty six weeks. Pregnancy's forty weeks. So I have like four or five weeks left to go. Ooh, home estimate. stretch. Home so stretch. It's, it's coming in close. So I made Pat and I each pack hospital bags, and I made him too. I feel like. Kyle, you're a dad. You want, isn't it uncomfy in the hospital? Like, so wanna... we had, uh, we, I say we, I did not have a cesarean section. My wife did <laughs> um, for all the kids. And I'm telling you, fellas, that's the way to go. You get an appointment, you walk in, you're in the operating room in like 20 minutes. They pop that baby out and then you're done in like less than a half an hour it is a dream there's no screaming <laughs> there's no crying there's no anything uh so no i didn't pack a bag 
for anything. No, I didn't, didn't have to because I was in and out. It was great. Mm. Just like the See? conception. As of now, <laughs> we got the, yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, I would suggest we got our little can I bags ready to roll. We're going to be the most high speed people in the hospital. When we roll through. What do you have in um, it? People say you're not supposed to eat. I'm bringing snacks. I'm bringing snacks. <laughs> I'm bringing, I bought my own gown to give birth in. Okay, I'm not wearing your tacky hospital gown. I'm okay. wearing one that I saw Teresa Jadis from The Real Housewives recommend. Okay, I'm. I'm did she go to jail? She yes. did. She did. In comfort, I'm wearing. I'm wearing ones that I see the celebs that can pull all these buttons and snaps and bells and whistles. I'm going to be styling when I blow my tane out. Okay, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm bringing blankets. I'm bringing like slippers. Some women are like, oh, you got to bring your curling iron and your straightener so you look cute holding. No, I'm going to look like dog shit. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I think anybody who does that, it's just so transparent. You just think like you just had a baby. I, I know you don't look like that after having a baby. Don't be phony baloney. Like you, no one's going to judge you for looking like you just had a baby, which is one of probably the most excruciating experiences a woman can experience in her life. Yeah, like, honey, you just pooped on a table in front of like 14 people. I think no one cares if your yeah. hair is perfect. So, yeah. but it's exciting to have it packed up. We've got a new car over the weekend. My Honda CRV is gone. Um, so, Again. all the tickets, all the missing wheels, yeah, all the, the catalytic converter getting stolen, the, the exhaust falling off, that's all in the past. And when I traded it in, I had to go through and grab everything out and they like stood there and watched me as I opened up compartments and parking tickets just came flying out of every compartment. (laughs) So it's like, I don't know if these transfer over to you, but good luck with this car idiots. Um, So yeah, so that was a treat. So we're really in the final stretch now we're getting ready, but that's my saved round. It's just, yeah. It's exciting. But you also found a bunch of stuff from your time in the military. You were going through an old, uh, locker oh, man. and found a bunch of cool stuff. Yeah. Yesterday I went president's day. The afternoon was open and I have been paying for a storage locker in Delco for like four years now that I haven't opened and, um, and for a planet fitness membership down there too. So I what went down a there scam that they make you come in person. That is such I tried a to terrible cancel business it. Oh, model. They made me come. So finally, cause I, I don't go down there very often. So finally I went and canceled that, but the storage locker, I really haven't gone through a lot of that stuff since like 2016 maybe it was mm-hmm. stuff that I had bagged up and been dragging around that I shoved in there I'm going through it I'm finding so much old military stuff I found my original right in the rain notebooks from my first deployment with all my notes like even drawings of like the people we were interrogating and their tattoos and stuff about all the locals and like we did this medical outreach and I have like 15 detailed pages on pregnant women that we saw there. And it put things in perspective for me. Um, just I was how expecting much... your handwriting to be better. If I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah. It was, my handwriting is chicken <laughs> scratch. Um, but it was a good reminder of how lucky I am mm-hmm. with all the complaining I'm doing because those ladies were going through the fucking ringer, no electricity, no no prenatals, no nothing. And so many of them were in such horrible shape. Um, so that was kind of like a big wake up call. And then I found some old, um, counselings that I got. I almost got NJP for losing my meal card too many times. I had to like go to like, (laughs) and 
also for losing my gear, like all my, all my counselings were like, she's a good Marine or whatever, but God damn it. She loses all her fucking gear all the time. What's <laughs> you, her fucking problem? You, the more I, I learn about your time in, I feel like I would have hated you to be one of my oh. Marines. <laughs> yeah. It's just the amount of paperwork to replace a meal card is stupid. It's just stupid. I have a folder with like 20 pages in it for my meal card and I had to like fight to get one back like for them to give me chow hall privileges again because they're so yeah they and then um accountability gear accountability time after time after time after time and it was for small shit it was never anything huge but it was like they were just so sick of my shit by the end they were like uh so that yeah it's been fun to go through that stuff and then also finding too my great uncle who he passed away due to covid um last year um, but he was in the Korean war and going through all his stuff again, that I was able to go through his basement. He was awesome. Um, but, um, he was the frozen chosen. So going through his stuff and going through these boxes again, has been really cool to see that stuff too. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. What about you guys? Um, uh, yeah, you actually inspired me to, to go back and, and look at my old OERs. Um, and I'm not going to read them because I'm just going to say it. It would sound like bragging. So I got them. Oh God! I have them here, but I, I won't read them. Fine. Do you want me to read them? No, Mister Perfect. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. Uh, so quickly, I'll probably text them after we get done recording. But I would like to personally, publicly, invite uh, Representative Kingsner to Thanksgiving and Christmas uh, for him and his wife if they are not allowed to go home. Yeah. Um, opening my home to them and they are more than welcome to spend the holidays with me if they so choose um and then also have you guys ever played the game sequence yes no uh-uh. alex and i are obsessed with it we play like four or five games a night it's it's basically it's it's um it's it's like a an advanced game of connect four but okay. with cards involved and you know there's there's some luck to it because, you know, the luck of the draw in terms of what cards you get, but there's definitely strategy involved in terms of where you place your chips on the board. But if you're looking for a game, it only game only probably takes about 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. So it moves quickly. It's a great game. And we gamble on each game on the outcome of each game. So I'm actually down 10 bucks to her right now. But uh, if you're looking for a game to play with uh, your family, friends, whomever, it's definitely a good one that I would recommend. So, all right. That's Love all. It. That's all I got. And if anybody would like me to copy and paste and read you my OERs, I'm happy to do that. Just send me an email. Yeah, just send him an email. He'll send Hans it back. At to oh, oh. Yeah. Also, speaking of speaking of, I want everyone to tweet something at Chaps. What can we have everyone tweet at Chaps that would just annoy him incessantly tomorrow when when they're done listening to this episode? Ooh. Just something just in, in it, like doesn't have to make sense, like waffles or something. Hmm. Just keep roasting him for caring about his family yeah, and cold. Big old. Yeah, it's really, actually, yeah. It's really starting to get to him. And I, tweet, I feel like we yeah. can really push it. Tweet at Uncle Chaps, just are you cold? That's what I want you to say. You can even say we told you to, but just say, are you cold? Why don't you yeah. have a generator and 30 gallons of gas, pussy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah keep calling him a pussy for for the weather down yeah, there please yeah. please this 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 I will ask. go over very well 
Yeah, you Perfect. know he's triggered when he's responding to people with 11 followers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dude, that's, that's the thing. He's Chap, been really losing his mind on people. Chaps definitely <laughs> gets chirped, you know, all the time. It's just the nature of having that big of a following. But yeah, you're right. You know when he's quote tweeting people and cursing at them and giving them legitimate real answers and not jokes, he's he's about had it. So yeah. definitely yeah. tweeted yeah. him and ask him if he's cold. <laughs> Keep it going. But definitely missed on the episode today. He'll be back later this week. Um, sending good vibes to anybody else who's going through it with the weather right now. Yeah. That's crazy. So um don't be a tough guy that. don't be a tough guy be smart kyle you got anything i already gave mine mine was defending oh, yeah. chaps's honor from the yes, internet that's people. Right. 